Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to Irene Efren Podcast with me, Irene Efren. I interview women around Southeast Asia to bring their unique stories and experiences to empower other women in this region. Today, we have the great opportunity of talking with Elfina Ingrid, who was born in Bandung but currently lives in Melbourne, Australia. Elfina is in a unique position to talk about in vitro fertilization. She is a practicing medical doctor and she herself experienced IVF to have her one year old son, Arian. Hi, Elfina, how are you doing today? Hi, Arian, good, thank you. Thank you so much for being able to do this. Oh, my pleasure. Elfina, growing up in Bandung, Indonesia, what was your attitude to children? Did you want to have children? Well, being the firstborn, I have two other young siblings. I often in the position of taking care of younger children. Mm-hmm. For example, I remember growing up and taking care of young children during church camps. Together with uh, with you, actually, Irene, if you remember, <laughs> right. several times we we're taking care of the children, right? Mm-hmm. We play, we gather them together, we play with them, we even changing changing nappies or doing toilet uh, toilet duty. I think at that time, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think taking care of young children is always on the uh, on the background, and I always picture myself having my own children. And also, I remember growing up, there were famous novels, uh, very popular at that time, called The Babysitter's Club. Mm, right, I remember um, that too. <laughs> yes, you remember? Mm. Uh, Babysitter's Club by Anne Martin, I think. Yes, yes. Um, yes, that, those novels is so inspiring, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think taking care of children, making you want to have your own children in the future. That's sort of like my attitude towards children. I see. So in that way, you felt that you were prepared mentally to be responsible for another person. Uh, Yes, I think so. Okay, okay. And you never questioned the fact that you wanted to have children. You were very, very sure. Um, when I got married, things get more realistic. Mm-hmm. I was moving from Bandung to Melbourne. There were a lot of things to adjust, including passing exams to get accredited as a doctor here mm-hmm. and getting financially stable too mm-hmm. and mentally ready, of course. So I think at some point I was questioning my attitude. Do I really want children? At some point, I remember in the first couple of years of marriage, uh, we used contraception because I know that financially we're not ready and I need to get uh, the exams done first before I actually uh, can get some more money and establish myself here, basically. Mm, I see. Can you tell me a little bit about your husband, Morgan? Oh, sure. So Morgan working in sales business. At the moment, he's working for Egg Marketing Australia. Uh, he worked for Chicken Egg Farm. How old was Morgan and how old were you when you two got married? Uh, when we got married, hang on, I need to calculate. Uh, <laughs> so I was 24 and Morgan is eight years older than me. So Morgan is 32. 
after you got married and moved to Melbourne, how long was it before you two、uh, tried to have children? I mentioned before that I used contraceptive in the first two years of、uh, my marriage, but after that, we've been trying to have children since. I see. And how long were you two trying to have kids? Two, three years? Um, I think perhaps more than that. I think about four. Wow. When I hit thirty, I realized it's better to do something about it. And in fact, if you are younger than thirty-five. Uh, have been trying to have children、uh, more than twelve months without contraceptive,、mm-hmm. and、uh, there's no success. You should be investigated. If you older than thirty five, you've been trying for six months to have kids.、Uh, you should be investigated as well. There were、uh, several investigations that we both been through, like blood tests, hormonal levels. To assess my ovarian reserve, and then there were sperm checks as well. They also check my tubes, and so all of this is part of the investigations why we basically hasn't have children. Were there other methods that you were considering? There were other methods that we did try. Of course, we、uh, tried to increase the frequency and during my fertile window. Uh, we also did try have holidays, real holiday, not traveling. So it's sort of like a, a one week or two week staycation. So you're not really busy traveling, but really just try to connect with your husband. And Chinese traditional medicine that, yeah, I, I did try thing once or twice more for the sake that, yeah, I listened to my mom and did what she said, <laughs> did what she suggested me to do. So yeah. At the end, we just down to IVF. That must have been a difficult period of four years.、Um, it was actually、uh, combining with all our marriage. We've been trying for seven years actually before we actually have children. Do you mind to share some of the? Conclusions of the investigations. We did all these tests, and、uh, it was normal. Why I、uh, we decided to do IVF is、um, based on research. In my thirty, the probability to conceive naturally is about thirty to forty percent. In reality, this is about one in eight, and that's actually according to my、uh, fertility specialist. And we definitely know that this is going to decline every year as you are、uh, your increase in age, your fertility is declining. With IVF, the chance of conceiving realistically is about one in five. It's increasing our chance, and I just don't want to miss the the window period where there is higher chance of success.、Mm, I see. Did you have any doubts at all or fears?、Uh, of course, the main doubts or fears is about cost. Believe it or not, because it, it just costs a lot in Australia to do one cycle of IVF. Generally, it will cost around twelve thousand dollars. Wow! The government do have some rebate. The maximum they can subsidize you is up to six thousand dollars. So there is still about six thousand dollars more out of pocket that you need to pay. 
that is a lot of money. And that's actually only for one cycle. If the cycle didn't work mm-hmm. or didn't go mm-hmm. well, of course, you need to pay more. So how many times we want to try this? Will I have side effects from the hormonal therapy? Not to mention bankrupt whole saving as well. So it just... The wallet, right? Problem with the wallet. Exactly, exactly. You left with, you left with mountains of credit cards to pay. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. Earlier, you mentioned that one of the factors which made you worried was side effects. Yes. What other possible side effects of IVF are there? I had one of the side effects, which is overstimulation of the ovaries. So basically, because I'm still young and I'm producing more eggs, when they stimulate my ovaries, it just offshoot. So I ended up with a lot of bloatiness. Mm. I feel really bloated. Basically, my, mm. my hormonal level is just out of the roof. So we just need to wait for the storm to pass, sort of like that, before doing the embryo transfer. Oh, no. Crazy. But I think the most crazy thing is about mm-hmm. your mental health. IVF is sucks. I mean, the whole journey is so costly and it just quite intense. Wow. So it's really a toll on finance and your mental health and also physical. Yes, that's right. So that's one of the possible side effects is uh, stress. Yes, and depression. Ah, okay. So it sounds like you should be really healthy before you go into uh, in vitro fertilization. That's correct. That's correct. Lifestyle modification is the main thing that people often forget. So if you're trying to conceive, try to live healthy, that's the basic, the most basic and least expensive thing to do as well. Some people with lifestyle modification able to conceive. Mm, I see, I see. Okay, so maybe this is the time for you to go into detail uh, with your medical background explaining about the process. Sure. So basically the IVF process First thing that you need to have consultation and blood test that I explained before. And after that, uh, sperm and tubes check. If all of this done in here in Australia, you need to have police checks to make sure that you're not a child killer or involved in any family violence or something like that. And after that, we actually need to do counseling with uh, one of the psychologists. I guess they mean it for well, but I wish that the counseling is part of the process instead of Mm -hmm. uh, one of the checklists that we need to do in the beginning. So after that, after the counseling police checks, we actually need to sign uh, the papers containing our will. What do we want to do with the embryo or with eggs or sperm that, uh, that was collected? If your spouse passed away or you two get divorced, can other party have access to your biology property, like uh, the sperm, eggs, or embryos? Or do you want to just dispose it or, or you want to donate it for research? So this kind of administration legal paperwork. How long does an embryo actually last? 
they freeze your leftover embryos mm-hmm. and it can basically live forever as long as wow. it's freeze and keep in the good conditions but in australia i think there's a regulation uh, regarding biological tissue at the moment as far as i know you can only store embryos for five years about five years you need to have uh, like a direction what you want to do in the future so you can't really technically store your uh, biological tissues forever in here wow fascinating it is actually fascinating so after all this admin stuff done in the first day of your period you actually get the medicine from IVF nurse and you begin the injections This uh, injection uh, contains a hormonal medicine that will stimulate your ovaries to make more eggs. Every couple of days, you need to have more blood tests and ultrasounds. And the ultrasounds cannot be from outside. So it is actually transvaginal ultrasound, which is a little bit uncomfortable. So basically with ultrasound and blood tests, they assess how many follicles already uh, develop in your ovaries. And these follicles actually contain eggs. So roughly they know how many eggs ready to harvest. Once they are ready to harvest, there was a final injection, uh, the hormonal injection to release these eggs. I remember that injection was very, very painful. <laughs> I was like crunching myself in the middle of injection. But the other injection wasn't so bad. Just that final injection was quite brutal oh no after that there will be a procedure for egg retrieval so basically this is a simple procedure where uh, the anesthetist put you to sleep and fertility specialists will uh, do the ultrasound to assess the follicles uh, they will put needles to suck the the follicles that containing eggs In Australia, uh, according to my experience, once you they write down how many eggs collected on a piece of paper and they put the paper on your bedside. <laughs> once you wake up, you actually see how many eggs you were collected. So how many eggs were you collected? <laughs> was collected from you? So they collected 25 from me. I was so sore after that. I was like, 25 is massive. From 25, they actually do the embryo transfer. So this is part where they collected the sperm as well on the same day, and they combined the sperm and eggs. From 25, they able to collect nine viable embryo for us. Ah, okay. From the egg retrieval to embryo transfer, there was a, about five or six days, and Every day, they observe how the embryo growing. So this can be a stressful period, how many embryos survive. We're quite lucky that we still have nine embryos viable at the end. After this, they actually put the embryo back into you. It is a very simple procedure, like when you do pap smear. You drink a lot of fluid to keep your bladder full. And they will do uh, an ultrasound to guide the process. And then the embryologist will bring you the embryo to get it put back into your uterus. I see, I see. Crazy process. Okay, and then? After that, I will say there will be 
the hardest process because basically after that you need to wait about six weeks before you do the pregnancy test. What happened with me uh, after I got the side effects? They they couldn't transfer the embryo back straight away. They need to wait for the next cycle to finally they uh, implanted the embryo. And uh, after that, uh, I think in the third or fourth week, I got my period, which means the embryo transfer didn't work. It was absolutely horrible. It just hurt. I remember I went back to Indonesia and yeah, Mm. just have, have fun and try not to think about that. And yeah, try to mm-hmm. enjoy the holiday. And when I go back, we decided to try another transfer. And it worked. Wow. Oh, that must have been very, very difficult. How was Morgan throughout all of that? Mm, yeah, I think he was pretty pissed as well. Um, mm-hmm. Huge disappointment. And uh, I, guess, I guess most people think that IVF will be 100% work. No, not always. We, we're pretty lucky that we, uh, we actually have a lot of embryos. First one didn't work, we, we still have a couple of embryos left. Uh, this is not the case for other people as well. Other people only have one embryo and one didn't work. It means they need to redo all the process again everything oh my goodness wow huh you said earlier that you wish there was a counseling process throughout um, throughout IVF is that something you would suggest to young couples or older couples as they're going through IVF to try to get counseling help absolutely my suggestion will be try to get community support as much as you can. Mm. It, it sounds like a huge mountain, and it was a huge mountain actually, but I reckon treat it as a journey mm. one at a time and also talk to someone that has been through it. Mm. Yeah. So how long what did this whole thing take from the very first test let's say from the very first test to the moment that you found out it worked I'm pregnant Mm, let me think I think I was begin this um, August 2018 and then I got pregnant December uh, sorry uh, got pregnant February 2019 six months I see. But that was considering that um, they couldn't do the embryo transfer straight right. away. Mm-hmm. So if every, everything's okay, uh, like uh, everything's smooth sailing, I will say, the IVF itself doesn't take long, like perhaps one or two months. How much in total did you two spend? Um, I think for us, it was about 8,000 or so. Okay. Out of out, out of pocket costs, uh, eight thousand outside the uh, government rebate. Without government rebate, I think it will it will easily reach twenty thousand, perhaps. 
Yeah. Wow. Then you got pregnant February 2019, you said, right? And and everything was okay with the pregnancy? Oh, pregnancy is not a journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another episode, right? <laughs> that's right. That's another episode altogether. <laughs> okay, okay. But what, what I wanted to ask was, being an IVF baby, did your son, did Arian turn out okay? Yes, yes. They're actually very similar to other baby. You you won't tell the difference. I did have an increased risk developing preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is where your uh, blood pressure is a bit high and at risk of developing seizures or a pregnancy loss, etc. I was on the higher risk, so I need to I need to take uh, aspirin for the first 36 weeks of the pregnancy. Oh, okay. So after all of this, Arian is well and healthy. How do you feel now? feel relief, actually. <laughs> uh, no regrets. Uh, so, like I said, it sounds like a huge mountain, but if you treat it as a journey and you get as much support that you can get, uh, look after your mental health, that uh, well-being is very important. I guess... That is life. Like, if we see it as a as a huge mountain, it becomes a huge mountain. But if we see it as a journey, climbing a huge mountain is a um, it can be a pleasant journey. Huh. I feel like we've been through a journey just hearing your story. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for sharing that part of your life. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to help. If any of you that listening to this podcast actually wants to have a chat with me, so you can email me. My email is Elvina Ingrid. Uh, that's E L V I N A I N G R I D at gmail.com. Feel free to, to do that. I'm more than happy. All the best of luck to you, Elfina, and to your husband, Morgan, and also to baby Arian. And that was her unique story and experience. If you would like to share your voice with me, contact me at ireneefren.com. That's A-I-R-I-N-E-F-F-E-R-I-N.com. Subscribe for more courageous voices from women all around Southeast Asia. So, who's the father? And I said, Morgan? And there were other five guys involved in the process. So we did IVF, doctors, nurses, blah, blah, blah. There were a lot of people involved in this. Do people implant more than one embryo? If you implant a tree, um, there is a possibility that all the tree will be successful and you have triplets. Will you maintain your sanity having triplets? That's not a matter.